Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Chewing It. This is Kevin Haffernan on behalf of Steve Lemmy. Thanks for joining us. We just got back from Edmonton. We were up in Canada. Had a great show up there at the Ranch Roadhouse. Big, huge kind of roadhouse with the mechanical bull, that kind of stuff. Rowdy crowd. Canada's always rowdy. They're always drinking up there. We had a great time. And when we finished the show, we went back to the hotel late night after a few beers. And we decided to record a podcast. So we did a late night in the hotel room, sitting on the couch, shooting the shit. And we broke out the questions that you guys sent us. Um, We asked last week for people to send us questions on Twitter. And uh, so we went through them. Tried to answer them all, or as many as we could in the time allotted. And we had a great time. We had uh, a lot of good questions. So I think you're going to like it. It's like uh, just a late-night bullshit session, like you're hanging out with us. So uh, think of it that way and enjoy it. Um, hey, we got some shows coming up. Um, I know that you're here. We went to Edmonton, and you're jealous. So come out and see us where we are. We're going to be back on the road in November. And uh, first up is St. Louis. Uh, November 7th through 9th will be in St. Louis, uh, well, technically Valley Park, Missouri, at the Funny Bone. The Valley Park Funny Bone, November 7th through 9th. Then we're heading up to Rochester, New York. November 21st to the 23rd, 21 through 23. Rochester will be at the Comedy Club at Daisy Dukes. Then we will be in Burbank. We'll be local here to where we live. December 6th and 7th. We'll be at Flappers in Burbank. Tickets are up now, so, so come see us. Um, and then uh, the other thing we have scheduled, which you need to mark your calendars, especially if you're in New Orleans, New Orleans, we're going to tape our next live special there in January, January 24th, in New Orleans, at the Civic Theater. Uh, so come on down to there, to that thing, and get your face on camera. We had a great time the last time we filmed, and uh, this should be really good. So, uh, come on down. Um, and hey, we got a new episode of Fatty and Taddy up. You gotta check out the new episode. Uh, episode 8. Man, if you're a Broken Lizard fan, you're gonna like this, because there's a great cameo in it. This may be my favorite episode. There's, like, fun stuff all over the place in this episode. It's a little longer than the other ones, too. So uh, go over to YouTube. Type in Fatty and Tatty. F-A-T-T-Y. T-A-T-T-Y. And all the episodes will pop up. This is episode 8. Uh, I think you're going to like it. Hey, let's just do our sponsor. Our friends at K1 Speed. They're still with us. If you get the need for speed, K1 Speed's the place to race. It's the premier indoor kart racing center in the U.S., 100% emissions-free European-style electric go-karts reaching speeds of 45 miles per hour. I can't even drive that in my neighborhood. High-speed thrills for adults and juniors. Race over to a location near you seven days a week. No vacation for them. If you haven't experienced the thrills of racing a K1, do yourself a favor. Find a location near you, k1speed.com. That's k1speed.com. Or go over to the Chewing It uh, episode website, and there'll be a coupon. There's a coupon over there. Save some money next time you go to K1. So go over there and download the coupon. Go race some some carts. All right, that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoy our questions and our answers. 
um, on a late, late night in Edmonton. Uh, enjoy. Chill at. Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Hi everyone, chewing, chewing, just chewing. What's up, everybody? We're chewing Canadian food. Because we are in Edmonton. Yeah. We apologize. We had pump faked you and said last week we were going to do this episode. But then Soder showed up and shit went haywire. And so... In a good in, way, though. In a good way. It was good to get Soder, right? I enjoyed having Soder. Sure. It's always good to have Soder. But uh, I pushed our question and answer thing back a little bit. But that's okay. Yeah. But we've got the questions. Now we're in... Um, and we're going to give you the answers. We're in Edmonton. And uh, we did a show tonight. That's in Canada. And so this is another one of those... Uh, Hotel room bullshit sessions. Yeah, it's, right? it's bullshit. But it's hotel, so it's nice. But so this is the episode where we answer your questions that you sent to us that day that we pump faked you and said, hey, send us your Twitter questions. And but what's nice is uh, uh, some other people sent questions too, right? Like they may not have made the deadline that we fake imposed. Yeah, we got a few more questions. The the imposition was was true. In our in our hearts, we were going to do it that day, but then Soder did show up. Yeah. Shit went down. As it does. Sometimes, you know, listen, the chewing it podcast is a metaphor for life. Sometimes shit goes down. Wow, that's deep shit. You hear what I said? That's deep. You hear what I said? People, you hear what I said? What do you um just real quick, what do you think about Edmonton? You love it? Edmonton's fucking great. We're it's here. It's a pretty nice place, man. I love it. It's cold. It's like super redonka cold. It's redonka cold, but they fucking love hockey here. They love hockey. You walk into the airport and the baggage claim area, one of one baggage claim area has a uh, an Edmonton Oiler feature where all of the 1982 Oilers are all they're all silver mannequins raising right. their sticks and happy. That's the last time they really nah. had success. Or? They're better. They're better. Come on. Stop I don't know. That. I'm just asking. No, no, they, no. They're in last place, good. aren't they? Uh, right now, they're in last I'm place. I'm not sure dick or anything. I'm just they're, telling the stories of hockey. They're in last place in the Western Conference, yes. Okay. What, what does that mean as opposed to being in the Eastern Conference? It's so, like the East and the West. It's AFC, a Western Conference or AFC, stronger AFC, conference? NFC, American League. Which is stronger, East or West? Um, you know, for many years, the Western Conference has been much stronger. Okay. But, you know, I'm predisposed to say the Eastern Conference is stronger because you're Rangers New fan. York's Mighty Rangers are in that conference. Right, okay. okay. Anyway, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they're not doing well. They're, they're, they suck. But they fucking love that team up here, man. Oh, my God. They don't give a shit. If, if Those guys are heroes up here, man. They want to come to the game, drink some beers, cheer on their Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, Plus, if the Oilers are not doing well, they can also go cheer their CFL team on the, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos. The Moes? The Moes. Okay. Yeah. Or the minor league hockey team, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Is that what, was it like junior hockey? Yeah, junior. Okay. okay. Anyway, we're here in Edmonton. And Riff for a second. Let me uh, just turn this sound off. Okay. Keep talking. As you know, Kevin Heffernan is a sound whore. He, uh, my, we're in our hotel room, in my hotel room in Edmonton, and uh, 
The air conditioner is going, and, and Kevin just got up to, to deal with it. But he's coming back now. He's I'm a guy who uh, who just likes people to be able to hear. That's all. Yeah. So so okay. So we got a bunch of awesome questions from you guys, and we're going to start answering them. We're going to answer them right now. And are you going to say who asked them? Like give them a little shout out, that kind of thing. I will. Oh, that's awesome. If I have the information, which I do. Okay. I'll do it. That's good inspiration for like in the future if we do another one of these. People will know if they write a question in, we yeah. give them a shout-out. To be fair or unfair, yeah. the first two-slash-one questions are not something I can give uh, shout-outs to. Because they're from your wife or something? No. Uh, the most... Just to get it out of the way. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, the most... The, the, the question we got the most... The two questions we got the most... Oh, okay. ...are about Super Troopers 2... Okay. ...and Potfest. Okay. Should, okay. We, should we get that out of the way then? Let's start with those. All right. What's the first question? Hit me. Okay. I will start with uh, MG3, Mario Gonzalez, low hashtag three, and a million other people. Okay. Including Ian Wood, O3. Okay. When can we expect Super Troopers 2? I'm dying to see it. Okay. I'm dying to see it too. I'm dying to see it too, Lemmy. Kev, me too. Uh, the cool thing is that we've been working on it this weekend while we're in Edmonton, right? We are here. Um, but uh, we're going to see it very soon. You know, like the, uh, the reality is, you know, we've been trying to get it going on and off for a few years now. And there was a lawsuit. Uh, and we can't talk about the specifics of it because we're under a gag order. Right, Lemmy? So, yeah. And, uh, but anyway. Which, which, you have, which you have. That doesn't violate the gag order. You can say that there's a lawsuit. Go on. Trust me. I'm a lawyer. Kevin is a lawyer in two states. I don't know if, if anybody's listening for the first time or the 20th time. Kevin is a lawyer in two states. What states? Uh, New York and Connecticut. Yeah, you sure are. The nutmeg state. By the way, you people don't even know what I'm looking at. I got Heffernan here on my couch in my hotel room. One of his sweatpant legs is up above the knee. The other one is, is relaxed below the knee to his foot. Because I'm chilling. Yeah. The bare leg one is, uh, Kevin is scratching right now. And there's a scab on the shin. And, uh, and at the end of that leg is a black sock. Yeah. The whole thing is unappealing. But. I did a show tonight. You know, I like to relax in my black socks. That's, they call Kevin the relaxing black socks kid. That's right. And that's what we like to call him. Yeah, relaxing black socks. All right. So Super Troopers 2. So we've uh, resolved this lawsuit and uh, we're moving forward. We've got a deal now with Fox. Yeah, and um, uh, to distribute the movie, which is awesome, and uh, now uh, we've written the script, and we're doing a, a, a last revision on it, and uh, we're going to go out there and put some money together and shoot the movie probably in March, April. Yeah, the plan. Uh, shoot. We have we have to wait, and in case anyone's wondering, we ha- we actually have to wait because uh, weather purposes and the yeah. holidays and all that business. So. So we shoot then, and uh, and then um, you know it takes like six months to put it together from that point on. So I would imagine uh, fall of 2014, maybe maybe late summer fall of 2014. That's my guess. That's his guess. That's my guess. That's but I'm guess. excited though. Uh, I really like the script a lot, and we put a lot of work into it, and it was really fun uh, revisiting those characters again. Right. The script is great. Uh, Revisiting the characters is great In fact, I'm going to tell you what the script is about It's about a bunch of highway patrolmen Who go on the road and kick 
ass. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. All right, so that's it. So people have been asking us a lot. It's happening. Bear with us. We're making it. Uh, it's not that for a lack of effort. We're working our asses off to get it done. It's hard to get a movie made. You know, everyone's talking about stop doing your podcast and stop touring and whatever. Whatever. We're doing it. Yeah. It as just much, takes a while to As much as you want us to make the movie, we want to make it even more. That's right. And we're going to. So bear with us. Okay. Podfest. Podfest. Podfest is, a, is another one that uh, originally was a joke. Go on. And uh, at the end of the movie, we had, you know, Willie Nelson in the movie. We made the Podfest joke. And of course... With Willie. Continue. You have to uh, make the pot joke. And so, um, uh, kind of a joke. And then all of a sudden, when the movie came out, we started getting phone calls from people. Like uh, uh, pot celebrities. Who are they? Snoop Dogg called. Yeah, what up, dog? Jay went and had a meeting with Snoop Dogg. At what time of the day? Uh, He asked, uh, he called, his people called and asked Jay if he would be available for a 1 a.m. meeting at his club. That doesn't happen too often. No. And Jay's like, oh, yeah, I think I'm available. Yeah. Because what else do you have scheduled at 1 a.m.? And so we talked to Snoop. Uh, Snoop. Willie's in. <laughs> Fitty sent. What did Fitty ask us to do? Fitty wanted to come, uh, wanted people to come ride ATVs with him. To discuss. To discuss Potfest. Yep. So he's in. Okay, what else? Uh, Cheech and Chong. What are they doing? In. Yeah. What else? Who else? Uh, I don't know who else. Who else? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson in. Yeah, who else? Uh, uh, Bill Clinton in. Michael Phelps in. in. Uh, who else? Who else? David Lee Roth. Who else has caught, caught smoking pot? Miley Cyrus in. Oh, uh, she's Salvia though. That's Salvia Fest. Oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah, uh, we'll get her in there. She'll twerk. Who else? Uh, She'll Bieber. Twerk it. Bieber get caught smoking pot. Bieber. Bieber's in. Bieber's. And you know what? Fuck Bieber. Bieber's in, dude. I'm a, I'm a believer. Are you a believer? I don't know. You should grow your hair out to a believer haircut. I am. I have a short haircut right you now. You got that, but you should uh, grow it out to get a Bieber thing <laughs> doing. Uh, so anyway, uh, all these people said they were interested, so we said, you know what, let's give it a shot. We outlined the movie, and it's kind of sitting there waiting for us. We, we got sidetracked. We started doing Super Troopers 2. When that's done, we'll go back to, to Weed Fest, Pot Fest, whatever you want to call it, Pot Quest. Pot, no, Pot Fest. Pot Fest, whatever you want to call it. Pot and, Fest. Uh... uh Pot, there's a there's a there's a, 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 a dilemma that you have mentally in your mind about where Potfest should pick up, right? Yeah, well, that's the big question: is uh, should because Beer Fest ends with us about to walk in through into the door in Amsterdam with Willie Nelson. Yeah, and I feel like Potfest. It would be great if. The sequel picked up with us walking through right the door there. with right Willie there. Nelson. Okay. That'd be fucking great. Yeah. And the other theory, though, is that it would be not the characters from Beer Fest, new characters on a new adventure. Yeah. I you don't vom- like that idea. I vomit on that idea. Oh, boy. That's that strong. it's like different characters not connected to Beer Fest. Is it because you want to do male pattern baldness again? You want to, you want to be Finkelstein again? No. Well, frankly, I don't. Okay. But like, it would make no sense to me to make a sequel to Beer Fest and not have it be the same characters. Lemmy has spoken. That's Lemmy? it. Very simple. Lemmy has spoken. Yeah. Yeah. But just so you know, what won't happen, or maybe it will happen, was that like in that idea where we walk through the doors with Willie Nelson, is that we walk in and there's a bunch of people with like you know pottery and like. 
you know, like cooking pots. Yeah. And Will and Willie Nelson is like, oh. What the fuck do you think it was? It's Crock-Pot Fest. That's what I'm talking right, about. Crock-Pot Fest. And then we're like, oh, are you serious? And we're like, oh, well, we're going to get out of here. And then he's like, just kidding, everybody. They're cool. And all the, the Crock-Pots disappear. disappear through the floor and all the weed comes up. And then, okay. like, you know. You're saying you don't like that idea? No, that's the one I like. Oh, okay. But remember, that also is a continuation of Beer Fest. Okay, got it. Got it. I won't make pot fest unless it's us walking through the door with Willie Nelson. Wow, it's a bold statement. Yeah. What about um, what about um, this idea of making it animated, like a like a yellow submarine pot fest? Um, interesting. Yeah. But also a piece of shit idea. Okay. Wow, that's strong. Because you want to get your face on the camera, is that right? If a camera doesn't have my face on it, it might as well uh, jump into a river. What about this? What about this? It's a live-action movie, you're Finkelstein, yet there is a sequence in the movie, let's say five minutes, ten minutes, that is an animated psychedelic... That's cool. Uh, uh, ...set piece. That's cool. All right, you'll do that. Uh, I'd love to do that. Okay. That's great. Okay. I'll even give you two of those set pieces. Oh, you would? Okay. Yeah. As long as I'm Finkelstein and yeah. my live face is on the camera, right. I'm good to go. Okay. Okay. All right, so that's happening. Okay. Okay. What else we got? Okay, let's move right along with these questions. Okay. Okay, here's a question from Danny Mann. Oh, he's the man. At I am D Man. I'm the man. There's two ends. I like that. I'm the man. Okay. He says, Do you boys like Mexico? <laughs> do you like Mexico? I do. Let me ask you a question. Do you like Mexico because uh, of when we shot Club Dread in Mexico? I do. Did you like Mexico before we shot Club Dread in Mexico? I did. I've been to Acapulco. Okay. I've been to Cancun for spring break. Sure, so have back I. Back when we were in college. So have I. As a Mexico City with Stolhansky while we were filming Club Dread. Okay. Which was kind of funny because uh, the Fox... Well, so wait, what happened? So you we're in Club... I remember this because we were shooting Club Dread. Yeah. Or we were in pre-production of Club Dread. Yeah, pre-production meaning, guys, meaning we're about to shoot the movie but we're, we're preparing. Prepping. We're preparing for a few weeks. So uh, you two guys left for a little while and went to Mexico City. Because Super Troopers, we were shooting Club Dread yeah. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Super Troopers was coming out in Mexico. Okay. And so they said, we, we want a couple of guys. To, Since you're there. Yeah, to come and promote Super Troopers in Mexico. Okay. And I speak Spanish, so I was automatic. You do? Yeah. Why, because your dad speaks Spanish? Because he, he is from Argentina. And my oh. mom is Puerto Rican. Okay. So you get Spanish all over you. It's coming out of your ears. Yo soy hispanico cien por cien. You hear what I said? Yeah. And so... You're uh, the guy we send to Mexico. Yeah. So like they, if we were doing like a, an, a premiere in Ireland... That'd be you. I'm your guy. Because yeah. I speak Ireland. A little ruddy-faced, right. fucking gin-blossomy dude. Yeah. So like, ah, we need a... We need a... A, fu- a fucking... Eh. Who the fuck can we get to go over to Ireland yeah. to promote Super Troopers 2? We're interested in a fellow from Brookie Lizard to promote Super Troopers 2. Who can we get? Who could we possibly oh, get? Let's see. Would it be Steve Levy? No. Yeah. Let's go down the list. Oh, what about Jay Chandrasekhar? Who's this brown one? No. Not him. Heffernan. Oh. He's got a leprechaun's eyes. <laughs> and... Uh, a crying eyes. Yeah, he's got a sorrowful face. All right, so... Uh, 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 
That's the Ireland thing. Mexico, they send you. They send you. Send me, and they gave me my choice. They gave me my choice of what people to bring. Well, that's bullshit. Because first of all, Jay couldn't go, and I couldn't go. Exactly. Okay. So the choice was Stolhansky and Soder. Oh, and you picked Stolhansky? Yeah. Why? Why would you pick Soder? Stolhansky asked. Oh, okay. He said, he speaks Spanish, kind of too. No, barely. Barely. Okay. In fact, not really. Like the way that a Minnesota kid speaks Spanish? Stolhansky was actually pretty good at bullshitting that he spoke Spanish. Okay. I had to give it to him for how much he bullshat. Okay. But uh, so we went to Mexico City. It was funny because we were so um, cautious about the diarrhea. <laughs> okay. And we were in the... Montezuma's we, Revenge. Yeah. So 20th Century Fox sent us to Mexico City to yeah. promote Super Troopers right. while we're shooting uh, Club Dread, or preparing to shoot Club Dread. And we're in the restaurant of the Four Seasons Hotel, and we're discussing... Over dinner about this, uh, the Montezuma's Revenge thing and how you cannot eat any ice or, you know, anything like that. We've ordered martinis. Okay. And I remember drinking, taking a first sip of my martini and noticing that there were little thin crystals of ice. Okay. Just melting in my drink. Anyway, that commenced... The uh, the marathon of Montezuma's Revenge that I had. Oh, so that was you. You got it from that martini. I, that kicked it off. Did you get it while you're in Mexico City, or when you got back? To no, the set? in Mexico. Uh, like a, a day or two later. I got it in Mexico City. Oh, you did. Okay. When we were casting. Oh, you did. I got it. Yeah. Tell me about the casting process of uh, Club Dread. Uh, it was kind of fun. You know, like uh, we've cast a bunch of movies, and, and in LA, you kind of cast these movies, and you see a lot of the same people, and. Uh, they're all great and that kind of thing but uh, we went down to Mexico because we were you know uh, proximity wise we're closer to Mexico City than to LA so it was a matter of us bringing people from Mexico City yeah to the set and so um, I didn't go for these big extra ones these extras thing I mean these were literally we were casting characters in the, the major parts yeah and so uh, do you remember which parts they were um the two were, cops. There were two cops. There were two cops that got cut out of the movie, but they're on the DVD. And by uh, the way, I love the fucking cops and the scenes that they did in the movie. They're great. And there are, uh, there are a few, like, um, female uh, guests, you know, like, play Margaritaville, like that girl, yeah. and a few people like that. And then uh, uh, Carlos, uh, the guy who gets killed uh, early. And he uh, uh, is on the uh, parasail uh, yeah. thing that slams into, the, and um, so there are characters like that, you know, which was which were fun. It's fun to go and uh, cast these people and see how it's done in another country. It was pretty cool. Yeah, but um, but we had a great time. I mean, Jay and I were there for a couple of days. And Mexico City's crazy, and we went out in the town, and you know, you walk around and like. You know, late at night, you're fucked up, you're walking home, you turn the corners and do the machine gun standing on the, on the street corner. Well, there was that one night that, um, it was like, I, I think it was Mexican Independence Day. Yeah. In Mexico. This is not like, a lot of Americans think Cinco de Mayo is Mexican Independence Day. That's not, that's not actually the truth. Yeah. Oh, so when, you're talking about when you guys went down to Barra de Navidad. Barra de Navidad. Okay. Which is the town, we, we shot the movie in uh, Manzanillo. Barra de Navidad was our uh, kind of the closest town. Was the a little real. fishing village almost? Yeah, beautiful little town. And we went there, and uh, it was Mexican Independence Day, and they had um, they were shooting live firecrackers at like a, a paper mache bowl. Right. But like in the you walked around the streets, and literally it was bottle rockets, and people would walk right up to your head with a bottle rocket and shoot it at your face. Right. Right. It's dangerous. Hey, yeah, 
Yay! But excited. Mira, mira, yeah. firecracker. We loved Mexico. Love Mexico. Club Dread was a, a fantastic time, and you couldn't have picked a better place. And the weather was beautiful, and the location was beautiful, and the food is wonderful. And the, the truth is, we great. we did uh, every every day. We thanked whatever the powers that be are. We're not religious, but we did speak for yourself. We, Kevin loves it, but I, like I thank Buddha. Kevin's a Buddhist. Okay. All right, what do you got? Let's, yes or yes? Do we love Mexico? Yes. We love Mexico. That's the long answer. Okay. This one's. Uh, this will be a quickie. Quickie. This is a quickie question. Oh, here's one. Uh, Dave Salazar. Twitter. I am Chef Dave. We like Dave. We've met him we in met San you. Diego. Yeah, we met Dave in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Will you guys ever release any of your old college sketches?" Huh. Here's the deal. We. Um, we have a bunch of our college sketches and short films on videotape. This is like... No, we transfer them. We archive them. I have the, I have the computer drives. Yeah. So, and we've looked at them. And they're, and they're funny. And we love them. And we're just trying to figure out which DVD we're going to put them out on as like a, D, a special feature. But they're funny in the sense that like... I mean, they're inherently funny. But also it's like... People have to understand like... When we started doing this, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And it was the kind of thing where you would shoot, we would go out in college and shoot these videos. And it's the kind of a video where you had a VHS tape that you put into the camera. Yeah. And it's a gigantic camera on your shoulder with a VHS tape in it. And then you'd shoot your video and then you'd go and use a tape tape machine, which essentially was just two VCRs. Yeah. And you'd play tape to tape, and that's how you would edit it. And by the way, at, that was complicated shit at that time. And so the result was, like, we shot videos that we didn't edit. Yeah. Like, I remember we made one, and... Uh, my We have My Wacky Grandma. My Wacky Grandma about this grandma, like, what falls on the stairs all the time. Mackie, like my Wacky, Mackie Wacky Grandma. My Wacky, Mackie, grandma, wacky grandma is the first video right. we ever made. And so we didn't edit it. We just turned the camera on and let it run... And we did our lines, and if someone forgot a line, they would get elbowed, and there were no cuts in it. It was ridiculous. And uh, actually, it's, we still have it. It's actually a great. It's a great videotape because because what happens is, like Kevin's saying, at the end of it, Jay is supposed to say a line, right? And a girl named Fran. We're all sitting there in one group shot. Jay's supposed to say his line, and he's forgetting it. And Fran elbows Jay in the ribs. We just let we literally let that play, mm-hmm. and he says his line, and then the grandmother falls down the stairs, and then we all freeze. Right, but not really, and that's what we played in our first show, right. and and we accepted that we were like that's good enough. Yeah, but we got a little little better at it. Actually, there was a, there was a, one of the original guys in our group was this guy Ted Griffin, mm-hmm. who uh, went on to major success. He wrote. Uh, he wrote Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve, and he wrote uh, Tower Heist, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a A-list writer and a good guy. And he was in our comedy group, and he he's had, written, yeah he's written a bunch of things yeah he, more than that too I yeah mean, Ravenous uh, Ravenous uh, Matchstick Man yeah a bunch of stuff I think. and he um, he had experience editing and things and so uh, he and Jay uh, worked hard and and we made some ended up making some pretty quality videos I think. Uh, back in college, and uh, with his help, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, we should have him on the podcast. Let's have Ted Griffin Let's on. Have Ted on the That'd be actually a great yeah, podcast. Yeah. Okay, this one is from Scott Somerville. 
at Duff McLaunchpad. Okay. Every time I watch Super Troopers, I'm convinced Steve Lemmy was actually baked during the shenanigans scene. Was he Kevin? Uh, is he say ask Kevin or are you asking Kevin? He says, was he at Heffernan Rules? Uh, not exactly. Go on. Uh, that is a scene that, well, I mean, uh, uh, it's kind of an extended scene because you, you, it started with you guys in the equipment room and then it goes to you guys watching the uh, Afghanistan animation, the mm-hmm. Johnny Chimbo video. Mm-hmm. And then it, where you're, you know, supposed to be smoking pot, you know, your character smoking pot. Yeah. And uh, am I at liberty to say what was going on there? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was not, I was the only guy not involved in shooting that, that scene. That particular part of the scene. Yeah. And so uh, you guys, at least you and, or I, I don't know. Soder. I don't know who I want to speak for, but yeah, certainly you. Now, Soder, what happened was Soder had a bag of mushrooms. <laughs> okay. And he came... Uh, to me Because they call him the mushroom kid And he said Hey dude Want to get on my mushroom train? <laughs> and I said He said hey guy Want to get on my mushroom? Yeah He's like you want to ride my mushroom? <laughs> and I said I'd be interested in getting on that uh, On board mm-hmm. So Soder and I uh, Split some mushrooms Just the two of you guys? Or yeah you? just okay. the two of us okay. And we were flying Okay Pretty well It was fantastic I can't I guess it would be different than smoking pot Because like it's a different buzz and it's more extended. And when you have to shoot, you shoot all day. It was way better. Like I can't get, I can't smoke pot and do that stuff. Yeah. I can't act on film smoking pot. Right. I can't do live stand up comedy and smoking pot. Right. But on those mushrooms, the things that bother me about smoking pot in front of people, like publicly, were not uh, in attendance. Right. And I was in, I was into it. Right. And loving it. So, yeah, for all those, uh, the shenanigans scene. Um, you guys are shrooming? They were, were shrooming. That's funny. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. Um, here's one. This is a bigger question. Pat Gore, G-O-A-R. Yep. Mr. Uh, what, what do you call underscore what underscore it underscore is? He says, explain your writing process. Now this is this is a broader question. It's a okay. bigger question. Okay. But there's a Here's the way it goes with us as a group. The idea has to come first. And sometimes it can it uh the idea can be sparked in any manner of uh of ways. Like when uh, when we made Beer Fest for instance, what happened was we were getting terrible reviews for, from Club Dread. And they were calling us childish. Sophomoric. Yeah. Sophomoric. <laughs> and, and we were so mad. And then Kevin screamed out, you know what? We should make a fucking movie called Beer Fest. You know? And we all looked around at each other and said, holy shit. That's a fucking great idea. Sure. This is the way an idea comes around for us. It was like a, a, a let's not kowtow to the shit they're giving us. Let's fucking shove it down their throats. Exactly. Right. Okay. So. Super Troopers came about when we were driving around from wedding to wedding. Uh, you know, like you have that one summer, everybody, or a couple of summers where you're like 24, 25, 26. All your friends are getting married and you're just road tripping around to weddings. And we were, you know, we were just best friends. We were, you know, doing our live shows. We hung out all the time. So we'd always be in the same car driving around from wedding to wedding to wedding. Got pulled over a few times, and uh, we'd be stoned. And 
cops would pull us over and we'd immediately start kissing their asses. And we thought, how funny would it be if these cops knew how stoned we were if they just decided to fuck with us a little bit? That's how the idea for Super Troops came about. So that's, you know, again, you get an idea for something. The point is, with us, what happens is we have an idea for a movie, and, and if we like it, and if we all really like it, we sit down together and we say, okay, let's talk about this idea. And we have a general session. And all of us, ideally all of us have our notepads out, and we're just throwing out every idea we've got. And if it's working well, we're all writing it every idea down and then we all have a bunch or, or, you know uh, uh, like pages and pages of, of notes and then we elect a point person who then will begin to take the reins and we start to organize what the story will be and we say okay it's about this in the case of Beer Fest we, the original idea was it was about a bunch of American guys who get kicked out of uh, Oktoberfest in Germany and decide to set up a competing beer fest competition in the States, and they're going to try to bring down the Oktoberfest in Germany. And so to, to do that Oktoberfest, they, or the competing Oktoberfest, they, the hook that they have to make it better is that they're going to allow underage drinking. And so to do that... Because it's on an Indian reservation. And to do that, they're going to go to an Indians and do it on an Indian reservation. <laughs> then we were like, internally we were like, that's fucking ridiculous. That's irresponsible. It's irresponsible and production-wise, it's too much money. Okay. we got to shrink this down. And so we were looking at one of our favorite movies at the time, Blood Sport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. And we thought, how about a Kumite? The under, an underground drinking competition. Okay, so that's that's... You know, part two in this conversation is like just shooting the shit, getting the plot going. That's the way that goes. Now, we start to outline it, and then we, the point person, assigns the sections of the script. So there's five of us. There's five sections, fifteen pages a piece. Each guy writes the fifteen pages, and in a week or two, we have a first draft that's around seventy-five pages. Although we all write fat, which means that the, the first draft comes in at like what one ten, yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. So then we've got a draft of a script, and we get together, and we've all read the script, and we all start to. This is when it starts to get annoying because we have to <laughs> get into the nitty gritty, and so we. Uh, give our notes on that thing and we've got a point person and that point person now takes over the script and begins to write it all as as one piece. So that's the way that goes. Yeah. And then eventually you get a script. Eventually you get a script. And, uh, the nice thing know. is uh, if you have multiple point persons for multiple projects then you can do multiple projects at the same time. So like, for example, we wrote Beer Fest and Slam and Salmon at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or no. Yes. We did. Right. Well, when uh, when Club Dread um, got panned, yeah. we realized we had to uh, go into a multiple attack type of situation. And so we wrote a bigger budget movie. Which is Beer Fest. Actually, we wrote a, a mega budget movie, which is The Greek Road. Then we wrote a moderate budget movie, which is Beer Fest. Well, we wrote The Greek Road at the same time they wrote. I know, but we, but, we, yeah, but we focused on, like, we did a... We kept doing that one, and then we did the medium one, which is Beer Fest, and yep. then we did the low-budget one, which is the Slam and Salmon. Yeah. And, bo and both of those mo other two movies got made. We still have to make The Greek Road. Yep. 
Um, anyway, so it's you know it's a fun process, and uh, I imagine it's a lot of what like a TV writing room. It's five dudes around the table throwing out ideas, and one guy bringing it all together. Yeah, and we fight. You know, we argue. We have uh, we've had some ridiculous arguments, and a lot of them boil down to like, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I know it's funny. I know it's funny. No, but I know my idea is fucking funny. You know that kind of thing. Anyway, okay. All right. What else you got? Um, how this is from Pat Gore? Oh, he asked the last fucking question. Fuck okay. him. This guy. But he asked good questions. How do you guys divide the roles? Who who hook up with the hot lead actress? <laughs> Go. Well, uh, the roles. It's interesting because uh, I think we learned early in the game, and it's not always this case, but we try. The idea was to cast very late in the process, so. You write the script, and you write multiple versions of the script, and you don't cast it yet so that everyone focuses on the all the different characters in the script because you don't know who you're going to play. I mean, naturally what happens is, and through no fault of anyone, when you find out who you're going to play, you just think more about that character, and you end up, to, you end up writing for that character. So uh, 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 what we learned early was that let's hold off on the casting of the character that everyone can focus on the entire script, and then we'll cast it at some point, and then you make your own. So that was always kind of the theory for us. Now, it's not necessarily true in the sense like I think uh, things like Club Dread maybe we cast earlier. Uh, I think, uh, but I don't know. I mean, there was always the idea to try to wait. And then the chick thing, I think was the idea was a rotating, try to make it to rotate a little bit, right? So like. You got the chicken puddle cruiser, Soder got the chick in Super Troopers, I got the chicken club dread. Beer Fest, there really wasn't a though, chick. Though I got to sneak in and get a chicken club dread. You get plenty of chicks all over the place. But I, no, but I got to, in, in club dread, I got the side, I got the, I got this, the B uh, chick storyline. You did. And I was happy about it. Right. And, uh, and, uh. We always try to sneak a chicken for, like, whoever's, like, writing the script, or, like, you know, I was saying we each write sections. When you're writing a section, every night you always try to type in like, and then uh, the character that I think I'm going to play uh, happens to make out with a random chick. Has a three-way. Yeah, because you know, look, we're you know we're dudes, and it is sometimes nice to get a random you know fool around on the set. But the idea is professionally do it kind of do it late in the game, right? Yeah, we try to we try to remain. Uh, we have had the, those situations. We've had some funny situations where like guys think they're going to play a certain role and uh, right. You know, they don't. But what are you going to do? Anyway, uh, so I like hooking up with uh, hot lead actresses, and so does Kevin. <laughs> okay, here's one from a guy named Mark Grabendike. Now, I like his Grab name. Grabendike? It's, it's Grabendick. Grabendick. with so an E on the end. Mark Grabendike. At Mark Grabendike. G-R-A-B-E-N-D-I-K-E. Grabendike. Okay. Do you know a lot of... People with firsty, firsty, girly, girly names. I'm sure we do, Mark. Uh, uh, uh. Do we? So just to say that that's a reference to Puddle Cruiser, our first movie. Puddle Cruiser. Where the bad guy, his name was Tracy Shannon. Yeah. Which we always thought was funny as a firsty, firsty, girly, girly. So yeah. it's a dude with two first names and two girls' first sure. names. Like we like, like a... I have a member of my fantasy football team right now. His name is Zach Stacy. That's firsty, firsty boy girly. Or Zach Stacy. Boy e girly. Boy e girly. Yeah. Okay. Tracy Shannon is a firsty, firsty girly girly. Right. For a, on a dude though. Obviously, there are sure. women who are like like named like Jennifer, 
um, Stacy or Jennifer right. um, uh, Tracy or okay. Jennifer Paul, let's say. That's a firsty, firsty, girly boy. Or like Kelly Tracy. If a dude's name was that, he'd be a firsty, firsty, girly girl. Yeah, and Kelly Tracy is one where it's like, those are both names that can be boys' names and girls' names. So Kelly, Kelly, Tracy, Tracy. Kelly Tracy is like a firsty, firsty, boy, boy, girl, girl, boy, boy, girl, girl. But do you, can you think off the top of your head of any firsty, firsty, girly girls in your life? Not at this exact second, but I know I've had it. Okay. I know I've had it. Okay. No Leslie's or anything. Or... A million Leslie's. Okay. I've known dude, dude Leslie's. I've known some Leslie's. We didn't, we didn't met a dude tonight named Leslie. We did. Yeah, we did. Okay. All right. Okay. This one comes from Ali T. At Ali J. Thomas. Have you ever punched... Have either of you ever punched another member of Broken Lizard in the face? Seems like the set can get stressful. Have you? Absolutely. We've punched people in the face. But, um, I mean, that was like... If you remember, back in the day... Yeah. While we were still doing, still doing stage shows, we used to play a punch-in-the-face game. Oh, yeah, we remember did. Remember that? And yeah. like, uh, it was basically a stupid, like, drunk game where... You would hit a guy in the face lightly. Yeah, tap. And they would return at the same level. Yeah. A t- well, a touch, a touch a, harder. Maybe a touch harder. And then the next guy goes, and he would either hit you a little harder or not, depending on how he wanted to get hit. Yeah. And it was a back, it was a quid pro quo. But the idea was to go a little harder every time. Right. And so uh, it always escalated into significant punching in the face. I remember, I remember actually uh, 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 one day, like one night we had that fight, and then I was working like, I was working like in a law firm. Which fight? We had one of those uh, punch-in-the-face fights okay. games at a bar, and I was working at a law firm with a friend of ours, and I walked into the office the next day, and the guy was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, look at your face. And I looked in the mirror, and I had the two entire sides of my face were bruised. That's awesome. So it was just bruises on my face. And I was walking around because I played the punch in the face game. Yeah. And uh, and it got out of control. Dude. I don't like that game. Well, we haven't played in years. I'm not going to play. I think I got, con- I got a concussion. I retired because I got a concussion. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you got savage. Oh yeah, like we'd... dudes would haul off and punch you in the face. Oh yeah, no, I remember. I remember smacking Jay right in the chin, and he, his knees buckled, and he dropped to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but good... you know, like uh, another thing that kind of interesting about that was like uh, when we made Dukes of Hazard, and we made it with Johnny Knoxville, and to hang out with Johnny Knoxville, I mean that's that's those that's one of those things that you know they do. He does. His guys do. Yeah, you know what I mean? well, they kick each other. They're always kicking the nuts or punching the face or whatever. And the weird thing was, we would go out with, with Knoxville, and you'd go to a bar, some random like college bar or whatever it was. And I remember being there one night with him, and some dude just walked up to him in the bar and punched him in the fucking head, in the back of the head. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And that's just, and it, you know, he was like, you know, it was a it was a situation, but yeah. it was like it happens all the time to him. Yeah, because that's the world that he created, and dudes just walk up to him, punch him in the fucking face. Yeah, I'm glad that that is not our shtick. We haven't done that. No, we but just... were there? Has there been ever a time where you have, in anger, punched any? 
I don't. I can't think of a time. No, no, never. The only time was when I when I smacked you across the face with a phone book. Oh, right, 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 right. We and that, the South by Southwest Film Festival. Yeah, and that was uh, what were the circumstances? Was that well, the circumstances were you were trying to provoke me. That's what it was into getting angry. Yeah, which I don't necessarily do. No, you never do. Right. You never get mad. Right. But in this case, I mean, you get mad. Sure. But not from facial attacks. Right. And so the idea was, I'm going to hit you until you get mad. Let's just see what happens with and this I phone did. book. Oh, yeah, you snapped. Yeah. Like a dry twig. You hit me in the face with it. Okay. Here's one. I can't remember, but I, uh, let's just see. <coughs> this one's from Joshua Tenhead, and he says... Ten head? Ten head. Like he's got ten heads? Yeah, it's like, a, like a, you got a forehead? Yeah. You, got you hear a five head, you got a ten head. Okay. He's like a, like a Simpsons character. Okay. Or like a cone head. Okay. What are your favorite moments working with Jim Gaffigan? Oh, boy. Well, here's the deal. Have we told Jim Gaffigan stories here? Yeah, I think we have. Well. I, mean, I, can, tell you my, I can tell you my favorite, but if do you do No, tell it. Well, I, I just don't want to repeat anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite was him coming to work on the Slam of Salmon. Because um, we were looking for someone fun to do the cameo uh, of the hotel manager. In that, and we, we threw out the idea of Gafkin and called him. And immediately he said, yes, I will come do it. And at that point, you know, when we made Super Troopers with Gafkin, he was not the superstar that he is now. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, now he's a he's a big comedy star, you know, and so uh, it was super nice for him to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to come and do your movie." And so he came out, and what he said to us was that uh, you know, Super Troopers was a was an important part of his growth of his career. You know, he had uh, started doing a lot of college stand up shows based on uh, his appearance in Super Troopers, and it, and it helped to push him forward in his career. And so he was like, anytime you guys want to do something, I'm in. And so at the drop of a hat, he came out and he did that slam and salmon thing. It was one day, like a half a day. Mm-hmm. And we had a great time. It was, you know, he improved a lot of funny shit. And uh, he did a great job. And then he jumped on a plane and went back to New York. But it was super nice of him to come do the, well, the show. And he's great. He's fucking great. Now. Especially Now, have you ever told him about uh, your... Animosity towards him, the pre Super Troopers. You did, I did, but have I you ever have I you ever, ever discussed it with him? No, I mean it wasn't. Uh, it's kind of a mock animosity, but it was like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, the the short story was that, uh, you know, back way back in the day before we had ever either of us ever done anything, but pre Super Troopers, right, I constantly would go out on auditions, auditions, auditions for commercials. And every time I went to an audition room, Jim Gaffigan was there. And every time I got close to getting the audition, Jim Gaffigan would book the commercial. Yeah. Every time. You would, you would, I remember you would come uh, at post audition, you'd be like, there's this fucking asshole there. He's in everything. We'd be like, which guy is it? And you'd be like, I don't know, he's a fucking blonde guy. And then the Rolling Rock commercial would air, yeah. and you'd be like, that's the fucking that's guy. The guy. And Rolling it'd be Gaffigan. Rock, ESPN, Saturn, he was the spokesman for all these things, and yeah. he was great at it. Yeah. And that's why he got the job. But I was like, you know, I was yeah. like, ah, then he, then he showed up and auditioned for Super Troopers, right. and we were like, holy fucking shit, he's great. And you were like, I veto him. Yeah. I don't want him. And we're like, it's he's too good. And he made the... Uh, and I got overruled. Yeah. And then uh, we were shooting the meow scene from Super Troopers, which he is in. And we were all over there by, on the set, and you were over... <laughs> Did anybody hear that? 
Did anybody hear that fart? That's Heffernan. That's a Heffernan fart. That was and uh, it's the streets of Edinburgh. We'd be hanging out over by the camera, shooting the scene, having a great time because Gaffigan was super dirty and fucking awesome. And you'd look over and you'd see poor little Kevin Heffernan by himself over by like the cheese and crackers table, <laughs> just like, you know, solo, alone. Right. Anyway, that's, yeah, that, so that, which is my him, favorite moment with Jim Gaffigan. Somebody said to him, hey, Heffernan, da da da, he has this thing with you because. You uh, would always go up for the same commercials, and you'd always book it. And he looked over at me, and he said, "That's funny. I don't remember him." Yeah, which is great. And that was a thing. I actually just realized I had a great moment with Gaffigan. I pr- I probably have told this story, but like when uh, after Super Troopers, right before Club Dread, going to a stand-up club in New York, stand-up New York on I think it's Seventy Seventh and Broadway, and uh, Gaffigan was there, and I went up and said hi to him before his set, and he said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, we're making." Another movie, Club Dread. And he got on stage, and this is like pre-everything, and he was still doing, he was starting to do his, his voice, the like audience voice, and, and he was doing his routine, and every two minutes he'd be like, I was in Super Troopers, why won't they put me in the new movie? <laughs> and I was just sitting out there in the audience, and he'd, be, and he'd do some more stuff, and then he'd be like, why won't they? me to be in the new movie I guess I, they hated me in Super Troopers <laughs> which was hilarious I liked it sure okay good guy here's yeah. one from John Namey at Johnny is my namey okay these are great these that's are great good. names that's a good one in your opinion who rocks the best mustache in Super Troopers huh. very easy question I have an answer for that definitely not me well that's a thing queen well I, I guess was, it depends how you look I was thinking it is you oh Cause it's like it depends how you look at. Well, at first glance, it's like uh, it, it's got to be Jake. He's got that thick black it's mustache. Thickest, thickest. But the thing, the question isn't who rocks the thickest mustache. Who rocks the best mustache? All right. And in my opinion, if I'm looking at all mustaches, your mustache is so disgusting. Okay. It's so humorous to me. I think disgusting yours is the best. in what way? Like what do you thin and shitty? Okay. Like thin, sparse, shitty. The color is gross. Okay. Like, I don't mean to be rude, but your hair, your mustache hair color is disgusting. Okay. It's like this crappy, like fallow brown color. Wow. You know, like a field that's been killed by the sun. Yeah. And and parched by no nutrients. Okay. Fallow brown. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the hair dye color I use, fallow brown. It is like yeah, yeah. Uh, L'Oreal fallow brown. Yeah, the, uh, the pube hair dye. It's like three three B. Yeah, three B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fallow. Yeah, do you have any fallow brown? Yeah, because I really look like that. That's what color you use for your pube hair? Yeah. So your pube, if I pulled down your pants right now, it'd be dead, uh, dead brown. Don't lie, I'm not wearing pants right now. The truth is, people, you don't understand. We do our podcasts <laughs> pantless. Shirts, yes. Pants, no. Shirts, underwear, no. Definitely. Underwear, no. I wish you people could see what I'm seeing, because well, I am seeing a naked lower body of Heffernan. You don't even know. You don't even know. All right. Okay. What else you got? Okay. Oh, that's it. Moving right along. Okay. Here's a great one. Okay. Kevin Caton. Okay. At Caton25. He asks, why does all of Broken Lizard call Kevin Queen? Oh. Oh. This is a great one. This is a great one. Here's the the reason why we call Kevin Queen. Back when we were in college, uh, Kevin and Jay and Eric and I, we all lived in a fraternity together, the Beta Theta Pi fraternity at Colgate University. We, the gang showers. And um, Kevin... Uh, had this royal blue towel and 
what he would do, I don't know, like what he just didn't want to show his stuff off. So he would wear his royal blue towel up above his nipples, under his armpits, above his nipples. And uh, he also had long hair. And when it was wet and humid, like after a shower and everything, like he would get those bozo curls on the side. His hair would, his longer hair would curl up at the sides. So he, when he, when his hair was curling up at the sides and he had the royal blue towel above his nipples. Uh, he looked like the Queen of England wearing a royal blue dress. So we just started calling him Queen. That's the reason. That's a complete Let's move bullshit on. story. Let's move That's on. That's completely false. What's your What's your uh, story about uh, it? The reason was is because I was the president of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. There's a president ahead of me, a guy that's a couple years ahead of me. Well, I've got a true story. I'll tell the true story. You, you mean, what you're actually doing is regurgitating a fake story that Chandra Sekar tells to you. Mm-hmm. You don't even you weren't even there. Oh boy. And you don't even know. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. Okay? Oh boy, here we go. A cheap attack. It's true though. A cheap you're attack. just you're just regurgitating something told to you. Uh what do you mean Chandra Sekar told me that story? I've who heard that story, story from everyone. From who? The entire house. No, that's ridiculous. I've like, only heard of Chandra because it's the only one who ever told no, the story that No, I'd be like, hey, how did, how did Heffernan become yeah. queen? And everyone is like, would tell me that story. No, the reason was that I was Nobody's told me this story oh, that you're trying bullshit. to tell me. That was the president of the fraternity house. A couple years ahead of me, there was a guy <laughs> who they called the king. He was the king of the fraternity house. Who was that? Aldo. Okay. And Great so, guy. Uh, we'll uh, corroborate my version of the story. They started calling me the queen. Of the Beta House. What does your dad think about the name of the Queen? Uh, well, a couple things. I mean, you know, I think he's he was like, "Does that mean you're gay?" And uh, I was like, "No." He's like, "Oh, okay." But he was uh, his nickname in college was uh, Mother. <laughs> your dad's nickname was yeah, Mother. People would call him Mother. Why do they call him Mother? Because he was like Mother Hen, you know. By the way, Mother Hen, you're kind of a Mother Hen. Well, that's kind of where the Queen thing came from. Okay, keep that's going. Point. Then get back to it. Is that... Uh, Did everybody hear that? The Mother Hen farted again. The uh, uh, I was the Queen of the... Uh, there was a king, I was the Queen of the fraternity. House. Makes sense. So, totally so makes just sense. so anybody knows, listen, we, we love the Queen mm-hmm. here. He, and he, he sits on all the eggs. And that's he nice. sits on he all keeps the eggs. He keeps them hot. Okay. Okay. All right. Last question. What do you mean, last question? Oh, is it? How, how much time has gone by? Well, let's see. Let's see. This is the way we do it. This will be a, a longer answer, I think. Okay. How long have we been going? 50 minutes, 5 0. 5 0. Okay, maybe it'll be a little shorter okay. episode here. Okay. We'll tack something onto the end of it. Okay. okay, this one comes from Drew Clankel. Daru? Daru. Drew? Drew. At D Clank. K L E N K. Okay, the Clanker. Okay. Can you just talk about comedy movies and stand-up comics that you like slash influenced Broken Lizard? Okay. So this is a longer... I mean, this is a bigger question. This is a bigger... A sure. much bigger thing. Cause this but is, also, it's, I think it's... Uh, there are unique answers to different guys because different guys have exactly. different uh, influences. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, what do you think? Go. Well, I mean, uh, from a film perspective, uh, uh, you know, we, we fancy ourselves filmmakers. I think that's a fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a f- comedy film perspective, we were always uh, huge fans of, uh, you know, like the John Landis movies, uh, the National Lampoon movies, mm-hmm. Harold Ramis movies. 
Okay, say say what the movies are. Okay, so like for example, Animal House. Yep. Blues Brothers. Yep. Stripes. Yep. Caddyshack. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think those were some of the big movies that influenced us, and I think it's a little bit of like you know what age you are at the time that it's, you you come into the knowledge of comedy films. I mean, those were huge, you know, uh, in the seminal, you know, creating your sense of humor. I mean, you know, there are movies that were slightly after that, you know, like uh, Spinal Tap or movies like that, which mm-hmm. were huge. But I think from the film perspective, for me, that's where those were. I also, uh, I personally was a big fan of, uh, you know, early Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, Belushi, Aykroyd, those guys, and uh, and movies that they made, movies that Chevy Chase made, you know, mm-hmm. like Fletch or Foul Play. Yeah, and um, he's also in Caddyshack, but yep. it's like Vacation. Yeah. Seems like old times. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, in terms of stand-up... Uh, uh, I was a huge Steve Martin fan. Mm-hmm. I had that you know Wild Crazy Guy album and played it nonstop over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I loved it. By the way, the uh, the Blues Brothers also had those, and they had like you know the songs like Rubber Biscuit. I mean, yeah. their, their music was fucking great. Oh, the music was fantastic. It was really good. Like if you get that soundtrack, it's a fucking great soundtrack. Best be, and best of the uh, greatest hits of the Blues Brothers is amazing. Yeah, she caught the Katie. Yeah, Sweet Home Chicago. Uh-huh. There's a lot more than that. And the, be- the beauty, of, I mean, one of the perks, one of the great things was uh, as we uh, were making movies ourselves, like for example, we made Super Troopers, uh, we got a chance to work with a guy by the name of George Folsey, George Folsey Jr., who was Landis's uh, editor. And uh, so he's the guy who edited Animal House and Blues Brothers. And to be able to sit and talk with him about great stories, about, like, for example, Editing that movie That was a very unique movie to edit Because within it Were the which, musical which numbers one? Which one? Blues Brothers Blues Brothers, yeah So it's like you're doing comedy, comedy, comedy And all of a sudden you're doing the dance scene in the diner Or the dance scene on the street or, yeah. or, You know, you're doing a music video right in the middle of a movie Yeah And it was cool to talk to him about You know, how they accomplished that well, Fozzie was also uh, uh, an executive producer on a lot of those movies. He was, well, uh, later in the game, so like Coming to America. Yeah. Like as Landis got later in the game, he was producer on some of those movies. And uh, and then he helped us out on Super Troopers. He, he edited, uh, he did a re-edit of Super Troopers. Well, Coming to America is interesting because Eddie Murphy was like, for me, stand-up comedy-wise. Oh, fuck yeah. I remember, and I sound like such an old man, but I remember I had the vinyl the record album of like Eddie Murphy's the first two yeah records Delirious was uh, I mean I remember watching Delirious on HBO like HBO was like when you first got HBO and then Delirious yeah. was playing over and over again on it yeah I watched Delirious so many god man, goddamn times yeah or god man god man times god man times I didn't have HBO at the beginning yeah I had the albums. I would sit there and listen to my turntable and laugh my fucking ass oh, off. Oh god, those uh, those early Eddie Murphy ones are just unbelievably good. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, I know Chan Shaker is a huge Richard Pryor guy. I like Richard Pryor a lot too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen to probably like like in that same area, like the Steve Martin albums a little more than the Pryor stuff. But I definitely watched Bill Cosby. Oh, Co- well, Cosby is like. Yeah. He was fan- a great storyteller. Great. A great storytelling guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, stand-up comedy-wise, uh, see, there's a lot of... This question is interesting because there are a lot of ways we can go. You know, Queen, you were talking about Saturday Night Live. Yeah. 
and the early Saturday Night Live. I mean, this is like Saturday Night Live started, I think, in like '75. Yeah. And the truth is, when you go back and look at that early Saturday Night Live stuff, it's not like it is now. It was very experimental. Like the yeah. first few episodes, I think Paul Simon was the host of one. He's a kind of variety-ish, and uh, there's a guy named Harry Anderson who who was a magician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who Andy Kaufman would come out. Andy and Kaufman, do all kinds of interesting stuff, and very alternative. They have the, the Muppets time. on there, like, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. You know? Which is really cool. Like if you see that first season, it's like, you know, they're doing crazy stuff. Like there's an episode with, uh, I think I don't know if Chris Christopherson is the host. But Rita Coolidge comes out, and, like, they do, like, a hula hoop thing. It's just, like, it's just different stuff. Yeah. And the musical guests would be part of a lot of the sketches. Anyway, those early episodes were really great. Yeah, and I right. remember, like, watching them as a kid, not knowing what the hell was going sure. on. And thinking it was weird. And not even at the time thinking some of it was very funny. Yeah. But just thinking, like, it was... I know personally I was just thinking, this is different stuff. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, no, I think the same thing for for me also with the Python movies. Like, you know, you watch the Holy Grail or Life of Brian, you know, uh, or Meaning of Life, you know, and uh, and it was such a different thing, you know. It, that I think the interesting thing is Americans we watched probably the movies first and then went back and watched the TV show. Yeah. But, uh, but those movies were the first ones for Python that really, you know, piqued the curiosity. I loved Holy Grail. God damn, I watched Holy Grail over and over again. No, that's certainly the way I remember it. Yeah. Holy Grail was the first one I saw and yeah. fucking loved it. Yeah. And it's so long ago, but I remember... So quotable. Quotable, and, yeah. and, and it's like, and just random, you know, like, I remember thinking that, or I remember, like, the, the things I remember initially from the Holy Grail were... Uh, Graham, Graham Chapman running and clip clopping with the with the coconuts. Sure, sure. No horse. I mean, like this is fucking great. I remember the fucking flying rabbit. Yeah. Attacking everybody, just shooting across the you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was great. The knight's saying knee. Right. The uh, the knight getting his legs chopped off right. and saying right. like it's just a flesh wound. Come back, right. I'll bite you to death. Yeah. That kind of stuff, and I thought it was goddamn hilarious. Yeah, right. Um, it's true. The TV show is like that comes in my twenties. Yeah, you go uh, for us. I mean, you know, I guess there are plenty of people who watch TV show first here, but also, I mean, obviously, Brett's Brett's watched watched TV show first. Yeah, but the first exposure we had, I think, were the films, and it was phenomenal because you know, I mean, there's no there's no denying it is that uh, we're five guys who make comedy movies, and they were the the kind of seminal force in that world and. But that was, you know, that was an interesting thing because, like, when we first got out of college, yeah, and we decided we wanted to do something like this, and it was just the five of us. People would say, "Who do you want to be like?" Right. And the only people we could say, I mean, it, it was Monty Python. Yeah. And it was only because it was they were the only five guys who they, they were the only people who had just been in a comedy group and made movies, and so yeah. we wanted to be like them. Sure. And people would say, hey, these guys are comparing themselves to Monty Python, right. which was the, one of Never the most case. bullshit yeah. comparisons sure. or uh, things to say. It just happens they were people who we really looked up to. Yeah. And in that era, also, when we got to college, the kids in the hall were pretty hot. You know, it was like uh, they obviously also took a page out of Python's book, and, and, and they certainly... Uh, were a couple of years ahead of us and so successful and so great. I remember, 
I remember when we started doing shows and they were doing they did a live show. Remember that they did a live show. We saw them twice. Yeah, uh, but really early, like 1990. We yeah, saw them at the bottom, at the bottom line, line. Yeah, in New York, and it was great. And and you know they come out and they did a lot of the sketches that were famous on TV, and people automatically recognized them and loved them. And it was cool to see them come out and do that stuff. You know, but it's interesting the kids in the hall because like Monty Python, they were guys we watched when we were children. Yeah. And that's pre-thinking like, hey, I can do this or like, I want to do this. We were just purely entertained by Monty sure. Python. Yeah. When we started the sketch comedy group, that was when Kids in the Hall just exploded and yeah. we were like, hey, we're doing this and these guys are just blown up. Mm-hmm. And that became a situation where we were like, we want to be these guys. Yeah. I didn't feel that about Monty Python because I was simply too young. With Kids in the right. Hall, I was like, holy shit, we're doing... This thing, and these guys just blew up with it. They've got an HBO show. Yeah. They're performing live. I got to fucking see what they're doing. I love this. Yeah. I want to know. I want to be them. Yeah. So in, in some bizarre ways, they were more influential on me specifically for what we were doing at that time because we were doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it was, it was attainable, or at least you thought it was. Yeah. And we were lucky enough, we've been lucky enough to meet a bunch of those guys now. Uh you know Foley, uh, Dave Foley. We did. Uh, I've done a couple movies with him now. I yeah, Freeloaders. I did Sky High with him. Kevin McDonald, Sky High. I did with him, and then uh, Mark McKinney had. Uh, he was working. He was a writer on Studio Sixty, that Aaron Sorkin show, when we had our deal at Warner Brothers. Yeah, and we would always see him. Remember, had, had great, great conversation. Remember, he would uh, at the beginning. Mark McKinney would be walking to a writing session on Studio Sixty on, on Sunset, and we would be in our office. Yeah chirping shit from our windows yeah. he didn't know where it was coming from be like yeah. hey hey yeah because there was a couple of great sketches uh, well there was that one sketch where a uh, kids in the hall sketch where he would just like stand outside a dude's window and be like hey Lopez yeah hey yeah. Lopez <laughs> that's, Lopez that's what we'd be shouting yeah, and we would right? yell out the window to him hey Lopez yeah and he's like where the fuck is that coming from and then we we got a chance to, uh, to chat with him a bit yeah those guys are fantastic all right, so then, like, what other... Okay, let's let's go through, because I, I, I've sort of sectioned this off. I've gotten organized. Okay. In terms of stand-up comedians... Yeah. How, now that you've done stand-up comedy... Yeah. Have you... Do you find yourself appreciating stand-up comedy more and stand-up comedians more than you did before? Yes. Well, certain kind. I think certain kinds, yes. Like, who... who like, if you go back... Like, are you talking about, like, if you go back and watch people? Like, if you go watch Bill Cosby... Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous to watch. It's just because he's a dude, like, like I've gone back and watched his Bill Cosby specials. And, uh, like, he will not even use it. Like, he'll, he'll have a microphone on his chest. Yeah. He'll have a lavalier on his chest. Yeah. And we'll have a mic in his hand, but he won't use it. He uses a prop. Yeah. And the mic will never be in his mouth. Yeah. And he's just sitting in a chair. Yeah. Telling a 20-minute story. Yeah. And you're like, holy fucking shit. And it's funny and engaging. Oh, he's the best. And he's playing the characters. He's doing the voices. And it's an amazing storytelling thing. And you realize he's not even talking to the microphone. He's just sitting there talking, you know, do you which think, is amazing. Do you think in like uh, 20 years, kids will talk about you doing stand-up comedy? No. And they'll say, Kevin Heffernan, go back and look at him, his... Lower lip, never disconnected, never disconnected from the microphone. It was always resting on the microphone. Because I don't know if, if 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 you haven't seen us do live stand-up comedy or you haven't seen our, our special on Netflix, 
Kevin likes to rest his lower lip on the on the microphone that has been underneath the mouths of a million stand-up comics. But the thing is, like, I, I, I hear now that a lot of comics like bring their own microphone with them. That makes Maybe sense. Maybe I should start doing that. You should. It for the sake of the other comics. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. For the sake of, it's a little bit laziness. It's a little bit like, I hate... Are you resting when you've got uh, that your lip resting, on that mic? But also, I fucking hate it because it happens sometimes. Like, you know, like... Like you're doing stand-up and like you step on the cord or whatever it is and the mic gets pulled away from your mouth for a second and yeah. like you're still talking and a word gets missed. Sure. I hate that. Yeah. I hate the feeling of that. Yeah. So I always make sure the microphone's right the fuck up in my mouth. You should get one of the, uh, you should get a Justin Timberlake uh, headset. I know. Or a Bill Cosby lavalier. That's what you need. Yeah. Kev. I know. But the guys today though, like you watch those guys today and you're like, uh, I mean, you know, I feel like uh, you know we're renting some time here on the stand-up stage because it's not necessarily our full-time gig, and we've talked about this before. Like guys have been doing it for twenty years, mm-hmm. you know. We've been doing it for three or four years, yeah. And so you know, guys have paid their dues, and you can tell, you can see them. You know, the guys like Bill Burr and Louis C.K. You watch them. You like those guys? I love those guys, right? So you watch Bill Burr do a set, and it's seamless, and it's polished and at the same time it's, it's raw you know what I mean like it has those qualities and it's engaging you know but you know it's it's the truth is it's the same thing that we do you know like yeah. um, you see what you see are their stand up specials yeah and those are the polished versions of things yeah you know like you don't I mean the general public doesn't often get to see the shows in between those specials, which is like the rawest, yeah, the trying out of new material, mm-hmm. the errors, yeah, the unedited stuff. True, true. You know, yeah, no, but you know, I guess it's part of the thing to work it out. I mean, another guy who I've been watching a lot of recently, who I really like, is Mike Birbiglia, mm-hmm. who uh, Bert Biggs, Bert Biggs. I mean, I I like his storytelling ability. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he's not really like a set up punchline guy. He will tell an extended story that's very engaging because he's he's a very endearing, engaging storyteller. I think. Yeah, and he will slip comedy in, and he'll slip some dirty shit here and there, and it sneaks up on you, and you're like, yeah, all right, you know, like the guy tells a great a great story. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've enjoyed watching him. Yeah. Do you, as an embellisher of stories, <laughs> yes, for you know, for what performance are you about, bro? Every now and then you throw in an extra detail that didn't happen. Okay. Do you uh, do you ever smell bullshit off of Burbigs or off of anybody, or like, uh, or do you not give a shit? I don't give a shit. I just go for the ride. I think. Okay. You know, I, I'm sure everyone's got some bullshit on it. You know, it's like Louis C.K. tells story, and you're probably there's probably bullshit in it. We all do. Let me ask you a question: Are there since you've gotten into the stand-up comedy game? Yeah. Are there older comics that you had heard of or that you knew of that uh, you have now started to appreciate more? Like, for instance, Stephen Wright Yeah, was a guy that, like... I always loved Stephen Wright. I mean, I loved Stephen Wright when I was a kid. I really, I really liked him. Yeah. I thought what he did was funny. But now, yeah. as, uh, since I've done stand-up comedy, yeah. I've come to appreciate what he was doing more. I mean, he's doing one-liners for an hour. Yeah. And the, that's impossible. The thing that's interesting to me about that, and I always loved Stephen Wright, but the thing that I realize now about it, as I do it, is that I can't do that. No. Like, that is a style of comedy that I cannot do. Yeah. 
and I never will be able to do it. No. And he's the best at it. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what's impressive to me. Yeah. It's just something I can't, I would never be able to do. I don't have that skill that he has. There's another dude like that, which I I didn't realize. I think Mitch Hedberg was like that. Hedberg. Yeah. Yeah. Which, he he was like a slightly more R-rated. If uh, if Stephen Wright is like a a PG version of that, Hedberg was like a more R-rated version of that. And fucking genius yeah. as well. Everyone, I, I remember like in the 90s, I, I, I had heard about him. Everyone would talk about him. Yeah. And it wasn't until we started doing stand-up comedy that I started to look at old stand-up comics. Yeah. And I looked at Hedberg and realized what he, I didn't realize he was that kind of comic. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I met him a couple of times because Chandra Sekar worked with him. Chandra Sekar yeah. edited what was the movie? a film. It was called Los Enchiladas. Yeah. And uh, Hedberg like wrote it and directed it or whatever. And... Uh, Chandra Sekar edited for him and he would come into Cyclops he would come into the ed- our editing facility and uh, met him a couple times but I was not that familiar with stand-up then I mean this is like what 94 93 mm-hmm. yeah it was early and uh, I wasn't that familiar with him as a stand-up but you know since then I've watched him you know and yeah he's got that that Stephen Wright vibe you know in kind of a st- more stonier kind of freakier kind of way you know? yeah which I I appreciate it because I can't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like I can tell a story, but I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you know, I mean, you could, Kevin. You're a smart guy. If Thank you, you if you took time to, like, fucking work at your craft once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about uh, what other what other comedians? Now, stand-up comedians, now, either that you really liked or now that you've become a stand-up comedian, uh, do you like? Who have I mentioned? Louis C.K. Bill Burr, Biglia. Hedberg. Hedberg. Eddie Murphy, Steve Bill Cosby. Murphy, Bill Cosby. Love those guys. Yeah. Seinfeld, I, I always appreciate too. Okay. I fucking love that movie that, uh, was it Comedian? What's it, what's it called? Oh, you know, Comedian. Yeah, Comedian, that documentary about him going yeah. back on. I mean, that's. Yeah, it's great. That was so, like, informative to me at the time where we were, I think, first starting stand up and, like, you watch a guy who uh, is the ultimate stand up and has been doing it forever. And then uh, uh, goes back and decides to just do all new material. Yeah, and it's st- and it's still a struggle at that point. And yeah. Not a struggle because he's not talented, but that's just the way it is. It's like you, you it takes time for you to come up with jokes that work in front of an audience, and to see him go through that process, I thought was very cool. Yeah, you I know. always liked watching that special uh, talking funny with uh, uh, Seinfeld, great. Louis C.K., Chris Rock, and yeah. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, great. To get their different perspectives on stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean it's a really wonky stand-up comedy thing. Like if you're, you know, if you're on the inside of stand-up comedy, it, you know, it's like a little seminar. On yeah, it, you know. But, uh, but it's very cool to hear their different perspectives about how they they do comedy. You know. Yeah. Have you ever listened to or seen Bill Hicks? I never have. I've never listened to Bill Hicks, and I know you have. He's fucking smart yeah. and funny, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, train of consciousness. Really brilliant dude. But he's sort of like the predecessor to, you know, I mean, there's a whole thing between him and Dennis Leary. Yeah. And Dennis Leary was a guy I saw live back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, No Cure for Cancer show. Yeah, but yeah. Another one that I've been kind of going nuts for in, is, is Ralphie May. Oh, yeah? The dude is fucking great. Sure. He's charismatic. Yeah. Like he's got a good thing going. He's like one of the ultimate club comics. When he goes for like three or four hours. Yeah. And another dude is uh, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. 
who was just like, you know, I'd heard so many things about him and uh, never knew anything about him. And, I, I, you know, I watched one of his comedy specials and just like, I couldn't believe how fucking funny this guy was. I've never really, I've seen a little bit of him, but never that much of him. Well, it's like, you know, you realize there is a, there is a rhythm for stand-up comedy, uh-huh. you know, or certainly like popular stand-up comedy where it's like he starts off easy. He gives yeah. it to you easy. Yeah. And he puts it right in you. Right. Right in you. <laughs> and it's fucking he great. easy and then he puts it right in you. Yeah. And he, well, he does. He right does. Right into you. All right. So let's see. Let's, so, you know, we've done some stand-up comics. Okay. So, you know, in terms of history, like Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I watched the Cheech and Chong movies. They're some of the fucking best. Right. Cheech and Chong. All, yeah. Like all those guys. Other movie, Ghostbusters is another classic. Yeah. Three Amigos is a classic. Love it. Okay. Non-traditional stand-up comedian, like, movies like that. Like, yeah. for me, for instance, as an example, Neil Simon. Okay. You know, like, I love Murder by Death. Okay. Woody Allen. Sure. Like, Woody Allen movies, like, Play It Again, Sam. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say the obvious ones. Like, right. like Is it Annie New York Hall. Kid? Well, you know, Manhattan is a love letter, but like Played Again Sam was a really great one for me. Yeah. I just liked it. You know, We've the, talked about that in the podcast. Have we? We talked about it with Paxton. Then I won't talk about it again. <laughs> uh, Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Great movie. One of my favorites. They're making the, the sequel now. I know they are, and they, you know, they tried it. They did the, the prequel right. with Eco, uh, with, uh, Eric Christian Olsen. Um, how about now? What's got you going now, Queen? What's got me going now? What's got me going? What's, uh, got, what's me? got me going now? Yeah. Uh, boy, I don't know. In terms of comedy films. Okay, well, just to jog you. A I do like bit. the Apatow movies. I like the Apatow movies. Forty-year-old version. Yeah, I Not I done. love. Uh, 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 I guess they haven't done a movie in a little while, but the South Park guys. I mean, uh, Team America. Uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Yeah, uh, Team America was a phenomenal movie, and. Uh, you know, the South Park movie was phenomenal, Louie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought those guys were unbelievably good. They were fantastic. I liked, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies lately was uh, is 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah, it's good. I fucking loved it. I watched I, that. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, Mike Myers, man. For There was a while there, you know, like, I liked... Austin Powers. Sure. Austin Powers, and so I married an axe murderer. That's a good movie, too. Those yeah. movies made me fucking laugh. Yeah. Right now, I'm digging Workaholics. Are you? Yeah. I haven't watched much of it yet. I've watched a little bit of it. Um, I want to watch more of it. Well, there's three comedy shows that are on TV right now that people are recommending to me. Okay. Workaholics is one. Yeah. The League is another one. Yeah. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Is the other one. I've watched a bunch of Always Sunny. I love that. I really like it. Yeah. Workaholics, I fucking love. Yeah. And then The League is the one... I'm kind of saving The League, and I want to watch the entire series. Okay. I haven't. I have not watched any of it. I had a little thing though. I I, uh, I auditioned for it, for the league. Yeah. For which part? I didn't get it. I don't know who plays the part, but the part of the, the character's name was Kevin, and the Kevin was the commissioner of the football league. How, and you're the commissioner. And my name's Kevin. I'm the commissioner of our football league. Of our league. And so I went and auditioned. I thought I had a pretty good audition. How are you doing in our league? I'm doing all right. I'm coming back. You in last place or what? No. What are you in? Uh, I think I'm in eighth place. Oh, okay. Out of ten, but I'm I'm rising. Ah, good for you. Maybe we'll catch up with you in a few weeks and see how you're doing. Yeah. What are you, fifth or sixth? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All right, good. Fuck it. Let me see where we are here. We're done. Let's see what... The, we'd like to check at the time. Uh, hour 15. Oh, we nailed it. Oh, wow, it's great. All right, everyone. It's been great. 
Yeah, that was a fun question, little question thing. People, yeah. We should do that again. We're going to do it again. And, uh, People we'll, think uh, of good questions. Yeah, we'll don't ask the same questions or else we'll come to your house. I, I have a few more here. and we'll, we'll save them for the next one. But okay. uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Hey. Do some chewing on the way out. We haven't chewed shit. I know. Yeah, we've been neglecting our chews. We really have. Do some now. You know what? Our next episode, we should do a chew episode. We just chew the whole time. Chew for an hour and fifty. Do you think it would be that episode where people don't tune in? It'd be like the fly episode on Breaking Bad, that kind of thing. I like. I like what you're talking. Like about. I like all the episodes except for that chewing episode. Yeah, the chewing episode was the worst. But there are some people who will be like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, the chewing episode was the best episode. episode. It is because they just chew it. That's right. All right. All right. Chew it. Good everybody. work, everybody. Now leaving Nerdist.com.